All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Going to live a little bit of car care travel chat today. That's right. Is that what this is going to be? Yes, sir. We're both going on trips. That's right. Uh, So are you, I know you are a little bit of a nomad, if you will. You Mm -hmm. like to travel. Yes. Um, Is it stressful? Do you get stressed out before you go on a trip? No, I get very excited. Really? But I am, and if you don't get this about me um because most people they realize that as soon as they meet me i am the type of person i'm a very organized individual i am a planner so (laughs) i have already got everything planned but i am nervous about this trip because i am taking the little one with me oh so i i know you've done some local trips with Mm -hmm. the little one but this will be the first kind of big yes yep we are going to new mexico awesome so we're gonna see how it it works we're gonna be gone for seven days and my mom is going with me so we're gonna go out to like white sands new mexico um we're gonna make a pit stop and see billy the kid's grave oh okay yeah uh we're gonna go out by the trinity site which is where the atomic bomb was tested and my grandfather is an atomic veteran so Uh um yeah a little bit of history there yeah. and then just we're gonna kind of bing bong across the state <laughs> that's and awesome wherever the wind may take yes, us absolutely i don't i was trying to think when you brought up new mexico i don't think i've ever been to that state i've been to arizona that mm-hmm. was a wonderful my experience from arizona was you know you hear all these country songs talk about the wide open spaces yes I had no idea <laughs> what that was until I got there. Because here in Missouri, I mean, you don't really see much farther than, you know, if if it's a thousand yards that you can see around here, that's probably a rarity. But out there, you talk about wide open space. And I'm assuming New Mexico's similar. It you is. Know? Yep. And have you been there before? I have. This okay. will be like my third time. Oh. But I'm all, I always travel through New Mexico. Uh-huh. I went out there one time, my mom and my aunt and I, we all took a road trip out to California. Oh. And so we drove through New Mexico and we did some of the Route 66 stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing we're going to do. You'll love this. Okay. We're going to Roswell. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> yes, I have as well. So we're going to go do that. But the second time during COVID, the husband and I, when we first got married, we wanted to do our honeymoon in Hawaii and they had all of those yep. stupid lockdowns. Mm-hmm. like. You, so you had to do the lockdown as soon as you got onto whatever island you were traveling to for 14 days. So quarantine, basically. Yes, yeah. And so you had to be locked down for like 14 days. Then you could do your excursions, your traveling and whatnot. And then they had like another like brief like quarantine when you got back. Wow. Yeah, I know. So we were like, no. Yeah. So we took a road trip it. and um, the first night that we started driving, we actually ended up all the way in Albuquerque. Oh. Yeah. So, and then we kind of did a couple things here and there. So I'm excited. Have you been, and this is like super random, have you been through Mount Vernon, Missouri here lately? Uh, It's been probably a year. Okay. So I think it's a TA truck stop, but I was out there recently and they have this huge pillar and on the pillar, it tells how many miles to certain destinations. Okay. 
But I mean, it's big and it's not like worth stopping and driving to Mount Vernon. But if you happen to be around there and I think, uh, forgive me, what was the town you just said? Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I think that's one of them that says how many miles to Albuquerque. There was Los Angeles. There was Flagstaff. And I just thought that was kind of neat. So how long did it take you and Ryan to make it to Albuquerque? Is that like a... 18 hour drive is it 12 hour drive so, uh, do you remember i don't remember how long it was but we started relatively early in the morning mm-hmm. uh we started at probably about 5 30 ish and that's just normal for us because we're up at that sure. time but we also did a lot of stopping as mm-hmm. well you know we took our time i think we stopped in oklahoma city we also stopped in texas and we ate at the big texan i'm not sure if you've heard of I that haven't. It is the restaurant that is famous for the 72-ounce steaks. Oh, yes, so, of course. Yeah, so if you can eat the 72-ounce steak and the um, the buttermilk biscuit that comes with it, <laughs> the, like three sides, and you drink your drink, like you get to eat it for free, and then oh your name is on a plaque or something. I don't know. So did Ryan give it a go? No, but honestly, <laughs> I told him that he definitely could probably do it a couple different times. But oh, that's awesome. They give you cups whenever you go in there, and they tell the history of it. And I think there was like an 80-year-old woman that did it, and Whoa. she did it in like 12 minutes or something like what? that. I know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I just... And, and there was also she like... business. Yeah, there was also also like um, a kid that did it too. I think they were like 12 or 14. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I guess it's not as hard as one would think. You know, I think probably back in like my teens and 20s, I probably could have gave it a good run. But the older I get- You like got the heartburn now, I huh? guess, you know, <laughs> I, and I got to watch what I eat and, you know, where I would eat like a whole pizza and then some, I eat like two or three slices and I'm just like, no, that's all I can do. Mm. And uh, so maybe I've passed my prime to give that 72 ounce steak a run. Yeah. Well, we're definitely not going to try it out, but I'm very <laughs> excited for our road trip. Yeah. Now, um, we oftentimes do road trip shows from here and there, mm-hmm. typically around holidays. Yep. Um, we need to talk about maintenance. I think we should talk about emergency kits. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I am actually not taking my own personal vehicle. Mm -hmm. I'm using a rental car. So I am going to be in a 2023 Chevy Trailblazer. I'm really excited about it. The rental process was just incredibly easy fantastic um, yeah you know it used to be a pain in the butt mm-hmm. when i was younger because yeah. they had those those young driver add-ons yes so um i guess that's a a, a pro of getting a little bit older but <laughs> yeah. i'm excited it's got a lot of room mm-hmm. it also has like a full-sized electrical outlet yeah. in the back seat yeah, they have a uh, integrated or built-in power inverter i'm excited for that because i did buy a little um portable dvd mm-hmm. player for the little one to keep him entertained on the road so hopefully that will help but it's very spacious it's got like the heated seats it's Mm -hmm. got the heated steering wheel it's just got all the bells and whistles awesome yeah so we'll see how it goes the fact that they're integrating those power inverters into a lot of vehicles now yeah it's such a nice creature comfort um or even a necessity so uh, a lot of you out there know that stacy and i our youngest one has some medical needs and, and we're going to be traveling with her as well um i actually install those in most of our cars for her mm. so we can run some of her equipment while we're out on the road so it's it's such a nice um 
reasonable piece of technology that A, the manufacturer can build in, and B, as long as you know what you're doing, you can add them to your existing old school car. Now, I know that that's something that you probably do in your spare time, but is that something that A1 Custom could do? So if you were the right person, yeah, I would probably do that for you. (laughs) And, And I'm not just saying that. We don't do a lot of custom... We do custom exhaust, obviously. That's pretty much where our roots come from. I take a tremendous amount of pride in that. Um, as well as the way I install a power inverter is going to be more along the lines of what the OE would do. So it'll be a little more expensive um, than Joe Bob. Um, I've seen some awful electrical installations in cars. One of them rings a bell. They had a Jeep and it had a very large... Um, by the way, if you're putting one in a car, this is a nerd side note of mine. You want to find one that is a pure sine wave inverter, and that allows the frequency of the electrons or electrical signal coming from DC to AC to be safe for electronics. That's really, really important. If you get a very cheap one that's made in wherever a stand, they can damage some of your portable electronics. So the portable DVD player, iPad, tablet, etc. So just be mindful of the quality of the sine wave coming into the power inverter. But I digress. There was a Jeep and it kept coming in and they had just run a very large wire that was unfused through a hole, a jagged hole in the firewall of the, the vehicle. And I kept putting it on my digital inspection that, hey, this is a fire risk problem. This is installed wrong. So if, you know, you're looking for a bargain basement one installed, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be your guy and I'll just flat turn you down. If you want a real, uh, you know, good quality, good installation um, power inverter put in your vehicle, I would gladly consider that, but it's a case-by-case basis. Does that sound fair, or am I just kind of being a little picky, I suppose? No, you sound fair. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to 104.1 KSGF, Springfield's Talk. Sarah and I will be right back after this break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care, talking about kind of bird walking all over the map, maybe. Is that kind of yes. where we're at? We're I'm gonna... going to New Mexico. Where are you going? We're, well, to be honest, we're still a little up in the air whether we're going to do it or Dustin. not. But, uh, Dustin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida is potentially where we're going to go. Um, we got a few headwinds. I got to get the truck in and do some work to it before we go, which I've got planned. I've got the parts sitting there. No big deal. Um, when we bought the new to us truck, which is a 2016 K, do you know the difference on Chevy's between a K and a C, uh, you know, like a K 1500 or C 1500 letters. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Sarah. Well done. Perfect answer. There you go. No, Uh, I do not. It's a quick way. And the reason I bring this up is it's a little old school. They don't do it as much anymore, but that was a quick way for you to know whether it was two or four-wheel drive. Oh, okay. And so I kind of just thought, well, that'd be a nice little tidbit to throw out there to everybody. Interesting. Not that, you know, maybe everybody's infatuated with vehicles well, the way I am. Well, I but... did not know that, so, so... you at least uh, taught somebody something today. <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But we have a K3500 uh, with a 6.6 Duramax that we're going to hopefully be pulling the camper with the first time. It is back in getting some warranty work done to it. Uh, we had some issues with the onboard generator generator system 
um, which essentially, just to be completely candid, came down to uh, me not knowing what I'm doing uh, with campers. So uh, just to keep it real with everybody out there, I'm not a camper technician or mechanic or whatever. Um, they have a lot of like redundancy safety features on there that you have to all have like the perfect uh, uh, planets in alignment to get everything working. So that was partially my fault, but we had an issue where the awning wasn't working. Um, it has an onboard fuel cell in it, which I really like because of my redundancies. Everybody knows I like backups to backups to backups. That wasn't working. And then we had a couple other small details they need mm -hmm. to get taken care of for us. Um, so it's in getting some service done. Hopefully it's done in the time. I will, before we leave, I will hand torque the wheels. I will grease. It has easy grease uh, uh, axles under it. So it's greasable hubs. And then obviously very picky about... Uh, tire pressure and then probably put an aftermarket tire pressure monitor system on it and then carry one spare i may carry two spares just so i'm ultra covered hopefully and to really show um how big of a prepper nerd that i am um i got on facebook marketplace and facebook is the antichrist in my opinion but I did get on there and I found a deal on a, on, on a, a engine drive. There's a lot of ease in this engine drive uh, auxiliary welding machine for cheap that needed a little love um, because I want to make sure we have backup power. And in case something happens, I want to be able to weld out on the road. Do you think that's a little over the top, Sarah? Well, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so um, maybe a little, but hey, whenever you got the family with you and you're like towing yes, yes it's not necessarily like a, a tow truck can come and get you if you right. break down and that was kind of my thought is you're exactly right if something happens i'm going to be really up a creek and you know when you're towing i see horror stories and i've towed for years honestly at this point there's a lot of times where carbon steel or steel components break and I just, for some reason, felt compelled that I needed a way to deal with that out on the road, just in case that happened. So uh, I should be set up with that to where I will obviously be carrying a significant amount of hand tools, power tools, diagnostic equipment with me. And now, but wait, there's more, I'll be able to hopefully mobily weld and get myself out of a jam in case that happens. So uh, I, I've never really towed. I don't own a camper. Mm -hmm. I would love to one of these yeah. days. But how is travel essentially different? Like, how do you oh. prepare? Because I know me and you are going to yeah. prepare completely yep. different whenever we go on our trips. Yep. So what are some tips for those that may be new to uh, towing with a camper? So I will tell you the information. I didn't grow up with a camper. You know, it's not like my mom and dad. You know, that was part of my childhood and I knew some of this stuff. And when we stay at a campground, I see that a lot where people don't know how to run their campers. And I was really disappointed when we bought our last camper. They did that. Nobody there could explain how to run the generator, how to run the auxiliary. Like even the people at the camping place, and I don't want to put them on blast. I'm very frustrated with them that they don't know or give good service. And so I'm in the midst of battling with them right now over that. But to answer your question on towing, you had better have enough truck. And that's one of the biggest things that I see people do. Um, I had a coworker of mine, Jim, just awesome dude. He has some folks that they bought a late model. I think it was a Toyota Tundra, which is a heck of a truck. I'm a big fan, but they bought a camper that's too heavy for it. 
And the camper, you know, it may pull it okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Air quotes out there for uh, anybody that can't see me right now. But it won't stop it very well. And it, it makes it to where the camper pushes you around. And it's very dangerous. So did we need a one-ton diesel to pull our camper? Could I have done it with another single rear wheel long bed gas motor? Probably. Does the one-ton command and control the camper with the dual rear wheels? Oh, yeah. And even going from, I had a 370,000-mile 03 Duramax. That was an awesome truck. Um, we sold it and then went to the 16. The exhaust braking system on the 16 handles the camper weight so much better. Uh, it's a lot safer and more controllable, in my opinion. So that's kind of where I'm coming at. You had better be over uh, compensating, if you will, with the truck than, than you know, spending all the money on the camper. It's kind of like buying a rifle. People will buy a very high-end precision rifle, and they'll put a $100 scope on there. Well, the scope is the, the magic sauce, if you will, for a good precision rifle, not taking anything away from the rifle, but you had better be able to um, control and accurately aim a rifle obviously and that's kind of the same premise get a nice camper but you better have an adequate vehicle to pull it with um, but one of the coolest things to answer your question and get back to towing is I really have to be cognizant of where I'm going because I can't just exit off of an on-ramp like oh I'm gonna miss my exit and then just three lanes of traffic because I'm our, I think our campers like 34 feet and then the trucks probably around 20 feet so you got a lot more uh, yeah, going on back I there. I gotta be on the ball, knowing my roots, knowing you know my exits, knowing my turns. You know I can't just back up and flip a U-turn or whatever. You gotta be on the ball. Thankfully, Stacy is an amazing navigator. So, the new Super Duties actually have in their navigation, which would have been really cool a towing feature for your nav system that if you're towing a trailer they will direct you through routes that they know are trailer accessible, if you will. So That's interesting. Yeah, I was like, man, that's that's like somebody after my own heart right there that has built a system with the towing person in mind. You know, and it's really difficult, especially when you're going somewhere that you've never been before, or if you're not a confident uh, towing person that, hey, you you know how the truck or the SUV is going to react with weight behind it, under curves, under hills, how it merges, how the wind affects your rig, how the brakes respond to the uh, added weight behind it, and how the other drivers are going to deal with you as you're out on the road. Um, a lot of folks don't pay attention or maybe haven't uh, towed themselves. So they'll tailgate you. They'll merge in front of you and slow down. They'll create uh, risky situations, if you will. They won't let you in sometimes when you need to merge. Um, Now, there are a lot of courteous drivers out there, and, and I have always tried to be the pay it forward driver, if you will, that if I see somebody towing, whether it's a big truck or you know, some kind of a a smaller, just private rig, which is what we're talking about. I'm obviously not a commercial driver, um, but those are a little bit more concerning, in my opinion, than a professional driver, because there's no really restraint or 
uh, standard that you need to be able to tow a camper or a trailer. You know, if you got a valid license, yes, there are weight restrictions on normal folks' licenses, um, but uh, it's definitely something you need to be a factor of. So some of my biggest pet peeves of towing vehicles is other motorists. And I try to be the one that, you know, allows or be, you know, courteous. I stay in the right lane. I typically drive the speed limit. I don't, I don't speed while I'm towing most of, most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I got to keep it real with everybody. Um, but it's the other drivers that tailgate you. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I don't like being tailgated anyway, but let alone tailgated while I'm towing things. It's just a recipe for disaster. And I don't think the other person's being, uh, you know, a turd on purpose. They're just ignorant to this isn't how this works. You're not a normal passenger car out there and can stop on a dime, can merge, can yield. Um, You have to plan all that out. Otherwise, you will find the weakest link. And if you don't stop in time, we all know what happens. We get a nice collision out there. You know, I'm just kind of curious. Have you planned your route yet? You know, I've been looking at that a little bit. We've gone this trip a few times, so I kind of already know how we went. Um, I'm going to try to avoid Mississippi. Honestly, not that I don't like Mississippi, but their roads are absolutely atrocious. And I really don't want to ride eight hours, I think is roughly... If we went that particular route, which I think took us through through Gulf Shores, Alabama and whatnot, Mm -hmm. which I love Gulf Shores. Uh, But I think we're going to try and stay east of that a little bit. Um, I think uh, normally we go through um, kind of the boot hill of Missouri and then drop in. Right. You probably go through uh, Tennessee a little bit. A little bit of Tennessee, a little bit of Arkansas, um, quite a bit of time. I don't know that we're going to get as east as Georgia, but... Um, we're going to kind of meander just a little bit. So we're, we're still kind of working that out a little bit. Um, this will be our first time with this camper and this truck. So I'm, I'm greatly looking forward to that. Well, I have a lot of questions, okay. but I've, we've only got like 30 seconds left in this segment. Fair enough. But um, I guess I'll ask him when we come back. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Springfield's Talk, 104.1 KSGF. We'll be right back after the break. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, you got some questions. I do. What so you got? We are talking uh, traveling. Yeah. We're both traveling here in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to New Mexico. You New are Mexico. going to Florida. Mm-hmm. I am doing a rental car. You are doing a camper mm-hmm. and towing. Yep. So my first question for you is, because I don't have a camper, so I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. in just the, the things that are completely different, because yeah. I'm used to road trips, but I'm not used to towing. Mm-hmm. So I guess my first question is, how often do you typically stop when you are towing just to kind of check everything out mm-hmm. do you stop at campgrounds or do you just do all of that whenever you are um just stopping at gas stations so do you know what boondocking is have you ever heard I don't that believe term? so <clears throat> so part of that will answer a little bit of your question so we didn't get a camper for recreational um use we've had a camper now probably right at three years maybe three and a half years And it worked out because we had a special needs daughter, and obviously with what was going on the last few years, we could have a controlled sanitary space when we would go to the hospital with her, which is the main reason why we have the camper. 
we use it primarily for that. This will be, in the last three and a half years, the first recreational trip that we've taken with it. But boondocking is when you stop somewhere that is not a campsite, that doesn't have water, that doesn't have electricity, um, that's just a dry site. And there are places, especially out west, which is right up your alley, where I forget how what the word is, but it's government-owned land, and you can just boondock wherever you want. Hmm. But there's no amenities there for you. So it's public land, and if you want to take and you know go live off-grid, if you will, you can park anywhere. Typically, it's free, or maybe there's a pass to get into the park. And wherever you find yourself, you can camp. And I really enjoy that, but we... I'm getting older. I like air conditioning. I like having running water. And so we have the ability, and I'm, I don't recall offhand, but you have your freshwater tank that I can fill up with a 12-volt pump. We do have solar up on top of the camper that will run a 12-volt system. We have an Onan on, uh, integrated generator that will hopefully fire up if it actually works. And then we can run and have all the creature comforts as long as I have water in the tank and they have systems to refill it, but then you have a gray tank and a black tank. Uh, the gray tank is kind of like uh, sink water, bath water, etc. And then the black tank is the non-fun tank to deal with. So if we are traveling like we're doing now, um, our little one is going to be with us. Uh, she's right, just eh, maybe three, three and a half years old, give or take a little bit. So we're probably not, to answer your question, Sarah, we're not going to be able to make it all in one trip. So when she starts getting fussy, we'll find a place, we'll pull over, I'll probably fire up the generator, we'll have onboard water, I'll have the gray and black tanks empty, and so we will be able to pretty much just pull over, put the slides out, and then have our place for her to relax, watch a movie, stretch her legs, us as well, have facilities there to manage. So the flexibility, if she can last six hours, great, but if she only makes it four, we have the ability to be like, look, she's she's ready for a break. We're ready for a break. Find a good place that's acceptable to boondock at. We'll pull over and fire things up. And then if she can make it five, eight, ten hours, and we're an hour or two from our destination, we can stop there. And then we are going to be staying close to the beach with full hookups. So once we get there, we'll have water, typically cable, obviously electricity. We're a 30-amp uh service that we'll need and then we will have uh, a dumping station at most rv parks that it's either at your campsite that you can dump your gray and black water or you'll have to pull around on your way out and dump your gray and black water that was actually my next question mm -hmm. was if you were going to be stopping throughout your trip or if you were driving straight through so with a three-year-old and i think you're probably in the same boat i know yeah. your wee one is a little bit younger than that but um, we will have the flexibility that if she happens to like nap for six hours, mm -hmm. we're going to keep trucking. Right. Uh, but if she needs to get out and kind of experience things, typically every couple hours is really where I like to stop. Now, do I need to stop every couple hours? No. But for everybody just to move around, I can right. check the tires. I can check the wheel bearings. Um, I recently towed a truck out of Texas. It's been a little bit longer than recent, but... Every couple hours, I like to stop, put my hand on the sidewall of the tire, and then my hand on the hub area to make sure that I don't have any bearings giving me problems. And in that particular trip, I ended up having to stop. I found a trailer parts supply place somewhere, I think um, Duncan, Oklahoma, I think might have been where that was. 
a couple of good old boys running a trailer supply place. They were able to sell me a set of bearings uh, with races and a brake drum, and I changed it, I think, in a... uh, like an Arby's parking lot, maybe. Uh, so <laughs> that's part of my stopping every couple hours if I can to make sure we're in good shape and I'm not having any problems with the truck or the trailer. How do you find your campgrounds? I know that sometimes mm-hmm. whenever you are on the highway, there are typically signs for, mm-hmm. it, you know, this is the last rest stop yep. in Missouri or there is a campground up ahead. But I, And I don't know how it is for other states mm-hmm. because I just don't pay attention to it. So... Do, are they typically listed on oh, signs yeah. uh, or do you have like an app? There's or? some great apps out there. There's some good clubs um, to be a part of that kind of put all that together for you. Um, I really like the KOA campgrounds. Yeah, They're, I've seen the signs for those. So we've stayed at like just, uh, you know, mom and pop campgrounds, which are great. The KOA kind of has a like a standard, if you will. They're set up good. You can move about them. The hookups are good. They're pretty standardized. So that has been a positive. We stay at the one, I think it's in Eureka quite often. Mm -hmm. It's close to the hospital there. Uh, Well, it's within about 30 minutes of the hospital, but it's on our way home. You stop and get them white castles too, huh? You know, (laughs) I'm probably going to get some hate mail over this. I'm not a big fan of White Castle. I think you have to grow up in the area to <laughs> like so. them. I don't know. My I, mom loves them. She's from Pacific. So oh, okay. Yes. She's from that neck of the woods. So my grandparents and my mom, uh, they're all from Fenton, Missouri, okay. so, which is very close to Pacific. Um, it's just not my jam. I'm not a big onions <laughs> person either. And a lot of their burgers or what You can get them without onions. But I know that. But it's just, I don't know. It's just not my not my deal. But. Right. Uh, it's not that I haven't tried it. They're okay. Uh, I don't know that I would, you know, go out <laughs> Sorry of Sorry I derailed us no, there. No, um, no, fine. Curious, how much do those campgrounds cost? So they can be anywhere from 30 to to $100 a night. Okay. Um, really depends on the hookups and where you're going. I think normally a lot of times what we pay is around 60 bucks. So That's kind not of somewhere bad. In the middle. Compared to what hotel rooms have gone to. I know. It's really not bad. So I was up in St. Louis just a couple of weeks ago. We went to a concert up there and we were up in Maryland Heights and the um, the little arena that we were seeing the concert at, it was next to the Hollywood Casino Mm -hmm. and it's got a hotel attached to it. And typically in our experience, especially going out West, Mm -hmm. casino hotels are a little bit cheaper because they want to get you in there and then you're spending your money all night long. That is not the case with this one. It oh, was like really? $400 for a night. Wow. It was crazy. That that would have probably got you, honestly, less than that, um, would have got you a month's uh, payment on a camper, by the way. Really? Yeah. Campers hmm. and boats, they a lot of times they'll do like a six to 10 year loan. Huh. So the payments on a camper are very reasonable because it's stretched out and you're paying on it forever. Right. Um, <laughs> it's one of those deals. Uh, yeah, payments on campers are very, very cheap. And that was our big deal was not staying in a hotel and not knowing kind of the conditions of it, if you will. So, you know, the only person that's been in that bedroom or bed is Brindley, you know, our little one. So it's one of those deals just kind of, kind of weigh it out there. It does come with its own challenges though, but Sarah and I need to step into one more break. We'll wrap up this travel show right after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. We got just a little bit left here talking about this here travel show. So before we leave, I think I kind of went over a little bit of that stuff, but my 
priority, I guess, would be preventing any kind of catastrophic failures out on the road. And if I happen to have anybody, or happen to have any, I will share them with you guys and let you know kind of what I did about it. Um, hopefully we don't. Hopefully it's a trouble-free trip. We got new tires on the truck. We got new tires on the trailer. Um, before we leave, I'm going to do a full brake rebuild on the front. So new hoses, calipers, rotors, and pads. I've got a little bit of a pull, and I knew that when I bought it that it had some issues up there. It had 105,000 on it. I think I've got like 108 on it. So I've put some miles on it since we got it. But it'll have a full rebuild on the front. Um, we're going to mount the engine drive welder slash accessory or backup power source because I got to have if one is none, two is one, and three is where I want to be. Um, it'll also have, I ordered a DeWalt power inverter. I'm going to mount under the back seat. Um, typically, Brindley and Stacy uh, spend the time in the back seat. And so she will have 210 volt, 20 amp receptacles out there that she'll be able to run on. I will be running with, um, obviously, multiple spare tires, uh, additional fluids. Um, I did mount a auxiliary fuel tank onto the truck. Um, we will not only have that truck holds right at 60 gallons of diesel in the truck itself, and then I will have roughly about 100 gallons of auxiliary diesel on the truck, as well as some auxiliary gasoline in a safe I'm not talking about uh, back when they were putting de uh, gas in trash bags. Do you remember seeing oh, some of those yes. videos? Um, so this will all be safe, approved DOT travel containers, um, just in case anything comes up. Now, inevitably, uh, something will pop up that I'm not prepared for. Um, I will have some diagnostic equipment with me, onboard air. I'll be able to air up tires and deal with any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then Stacy, she usually takes care of the creature comforts, if you will, or necessities. She always does an amazing job, uh, with food and snacks and water bottles. And, uh, she's got Brenly auxiliary ways for her to stay cool because she can't really get and deal with the heat very well. Um, so we're going to be as redundant as possible, I believe. And if all else fails, we'll run the, the white flag up the pole and we'll stay in a hotel somewhere if something bad <laughs> happens. So it gives us a lot of flexibility is the thing I think I like about having a camper um, now, while we're traveling. This is my first time traveling with my little one. Mm -hmm. He's a year and a half. What are some travel tips or just kind of some words of advice, things that you thought, you know what, I wish I would have had yeah. that and I didn't? So the portable DVD player is a wonderful idea. I could not... Uh, we run with that slash iPad quite often. Brindley's getting old enough where she can kind of scroll, mm -hmm. and she really likes scrolling like the movies. Um, so that's been good. Obviously, snacks and water. One of the coolest things Stacy found, and she's kind of a gadget uh, nerd, if you will, they had a USB fan that would mount to the posts, you know, as you raise the headrest uh -huh. up. It mounted to those posts, and there's two fans, and you can turn them on the, the – you could use them for yourself, but we turn them on Brindley just to keep some extra air flowing in the back seat, and that will help fight car sickness. I think I shared with you that my oldest daughter, Josie, um, she's you know pretty much uh, driving herself at this point. She's a little, little hesitant to get her own driver's license, but she's got her permit. Um, she would get car sick if I drove more than two hours, and so there was – a lot of wet wipes. I would strongly recommend that okay. just in case anything happens. 
um, and then not being in as big of a hurry. I've always kind of tried to be that iron butt guy that can drive straight through for 20 hours. And uh, I realized that it's not that doggone important to get there an hour or two early than what you would have already gotten there and enjoy it. And it's not necessarily about me. I typically always am the driver. I enjoy driving. I like it a lot. And so usually I always do the driving on a trip and then Stace takes care of all the creature comforts for her and Brindley and me as well. Um, she does an amazing, amazing job making sure, A, we get where we're going and I'm not in la-la land and I drive past an exit or whatever. So uh, just take your time and don't be in a big hurry. And, and you know, if you were stressed out as the uh, operator of the vehicle, the whole car is going to get stressed out. So you really got to set the tone of what's going on. And if anybody does get stressed out that something happens, you got to really keep your composure and just deal with it and move through it. There's no reason to get wrapped around the axles about, you know, other drivers and they will do some stupid things that you got to deal with. And I do have a touch of road rage from time to time. I also have a touch of road rage. <laughs> so I really got to keep that in track. Uh, one of the cool things, uh, you know, we talked about the new truck. I got me a CB mounted in the new truck. Ooh, breaker, breaker. <laughs> oh, right. okay. Did you come up with a handle yet? So Kyle and I, uh, from uh, the Saturday show as well, him and I talked from time to time. And that was the thing he asked me when I called him. And he did some legal advice. So I called to set up a consultation. Nothing bad, nothing like crazy. Did but you get a speeding ticket? No, I've uh, actually, I know this is, you're going to be like, whatever. I was calling on behalf of a friend. Okay. Wasn't anything even to do with me per se. Um, but it was in Kyle's wheelhouse. Gotcha. So when we got that all worked out, he's like, yeah, call the office. He'll get that all set up. Guy does an awesome job. And I'm not just saying that because he's a, a you know a friend and family of the show here. He just He's got me out of some binds over the years. So thank you very much, Kyle. But his first thing after we got business taken care of, he's like, what, what handle did you land? Well, I haven't picked one yet. Dustin! Just, you know, I, your vote was rusty dusty. I like uh, that. I was like, it was okay. It just like... It didn't speak to me. Like when we were naming the kids, if you will, like, and I don't know if you and Ryan got into this, but like once you found the name, it just like it felt different than any of the rest of them. Is, am, I, am I crazy? We, I mean, we used family names. So oh, we, okay. yeah, we kind of already had it, but we really wanted kids for a long time. So yeah. we already had them picked okay. out. Yes. Well, so once you find the right one, if you will, it's, there's something different about it. And I don't know how else to explain it other than that. Um, Josie was named by her aunt. Um, we had landed or narrowed down to two or three names, and her aunt just, like, there was no more discussion. She insisted, which was perfect, by the way. She truly embodies Josie. Uh, Jonas was came up off a Cabbage Patch doll uh, in Walmart. Uh, we happened to run on to Jonas, uh, as well as it fit my grandfather. Uh, it, he is uh, Vince, and so... Vincent Joseph, and so we did Jonas Vincent. So Aww, a little yeah. bit of a derivative yeah. uh, in in uh, which he's been a huge, huge role model for me personally, and he's still with us in, in Fenton there. Uh, he really set a lot of the groundwork that I talk about of how to do business, if you will. Um, just an absolute rock star, and he's a tradesman as well. He was heating and air tech for his whole life and just absolute fantastic at it. Uh, not just because he's my grandpa, but I got to see him in action. Fantastic. 
Um, and then Brinley Stacy put a lot of time, and once we landed on Brinley, that was just kind of like that's it. Yeah. So for I digress at that point. I realized I got off topic there, but um, when you're taking trips with family, they're going to remember it. They're not maybe going to remember the, you know, the knickknacks and oh, I got this shell at the ocean. Maybe they will. But they're going to remember kind of the mood that you you set. So you got to do a good job controlling yourself and not letting yourself kind of get all worked up because it's stressful traveling. It's not an easy thing, you know, and especially if you have issue out on the road. And I've had plenty of issues out on the road. Thankfully, most of the time I've been able to deal with, you know, what it is. I've had a couple of catastrophic ones where I blew the front seal out of a transmission one time while I was towing back from Kansas City. And that was my fault. I was pushing the truck too hard. Uh, I'm assuming the vent on the transmission now that I think about it wasn't venting correctly because it literally just pushed that seal out. And so thankfully, I phoned two friends because I was towing. One friend dropped everything he was doing to come get the trailer. The other friend dropped everything he was doing. Uh, actually, three friends. Another friend loaned a trailer to my other friend who had a good truck. And then we towed back from Nevada, Missouri. So it wasn't too, too far. But, you know, the farther you go, the more risk you put yeah. out there. So. Now, uh, real quick, we've only got just a couple of mm-hmm. minutes left. So since I am taking a rental car, yep. I don't have the typical, you know, maintenance checklist mm-hmm. because... It's a new vehicle that only has like 300 miles on it. But what are still some things that maybe you suggest that I take with me or maybe some maintenance Mm -hmm. things that I should do before I hit the road? So my mom, uh, she typically rents a car. Her personal vehicle is 300 some thousand. And so I don't like her taking it much much farther than about an hour away from us. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but when you got something that's got that kind of age on it, you want to stress it out, drive it four or five hours, and you'll find the weakest link. Uh, but when you're dealing with a new car, the the upside and the why the reason I always urge her to rent a car is that if anything happens, you just call them and say, hey, I need another car. So the stress side of it is really cool on your end because, you know, you're dealing with something late model that you're probably not going to have any problems with. Uh, but second, you really, if something does happen, they just get you another car. But to your question, I would still do a fluids inspection on it. You need to make sure that it's got, I'm a big washer fluid person. I'll, I'll bring spare washer fluid with us because I use washer fluid all the time because I want to be able to see. Um, good wipers. Um, we went down to Florida a few years ago, got kind of caught, if you will, in a tropical storm that was coming inland. And so I drove in that heavy rain for hours. Mm. And I had forgotten to put wipers on before we left, so I got to buy $60 wipers while we were down there. But I was so thankful when we were in that torrential downpour that I had the best wipers money could buy, um, as well as tires. Tires is going to be your biggest breakdown. So if you hit something in the road, if you stop, you got to check all that stuff quite often because a lot of times I will bullseye on a low tire because the sidewall of the tire is hotter then the other three or four tires. And that is a byproduct of increased rolling resistance and friction, which translates into heat. Kinetic energy transfers into that heat. And so those, if you're driving a new late model car or a rental, are your biggest opportunities. So I'm going to mitigate those as much as possible. 
making sure that I'm watching for road debris. Um, there's been a lot of blown tires on the road here lately. I've noticed that. A ton more than normal for whatever reason. The heat's probably part of it. Um, but that's really your kind of big things in my opinion. And then all your creature comforts inside the car, snacks, food, that kind of stuff. Just in case you do get stuck somewhere. A road map. Yep. I get will be you, taking yep, an atlas. Get you an atlas. Yep. I will be doing that. And then our nav, I've been looking at a Garmin. I don't know if I'm on the fence about that yet. May just run it through the phone. That hasn't let me down yet. All right. Well, believe it or not, uh, we are out of show. So if you are out there, you have a question or a comment for us, you can reach out to us on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041 KSGF. Dustin, safe travels. I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Be safe. Bye.